0: welcome back to another episode of creepy Me. hello new listeners and followers so excited you can make it you never get used to talking into a microphone to yourself <laughs> i haven't had a lot of guests on um it's summer people are busy people are having babies <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> but some of you don't seem to mind that it's just me Today I have a good story, of course, right? I I have a good story all the time, but it is a really good story. This is a story that if you're really into the true crime world, you've probably heard. And it's one that makes you angry because, well, as I go through the story, you'll understand what I mean. But before I get into that, let's talk about Aliens. (laughs) so remember all those lovely documents were supposed to come out and inform everyone that yes aliens exist yes they're real we have some locked up if y'all want to see them remember we thought we were going to get that well those documents came out a while back and very disappointed there's nothing there's nothing in them there are people that are still going through them but unless it's like a secret code that hasn't been solved yet (laughs) the documents don't say anything more than we know today. That yes, there are things that fly in the sky that they can't explain. They don't know how they fly in the sky because there's no motor, there's silence, and that's it. The only interesting thing I found, though, that I shared with everyone because I was so excited, well, two things, and I think I mentioned one before, was um, a UFO, well, they call them UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. I can't believe they're going to try to change the name, but whatever you call them. They actually recorded one going down into the ocean and disappearing, which my theory that aliens live under the water, not all of them, but a certain race lives under the water truly believe it, truly believe it. I mean, look how big the ocean is. And don't even get me started on sea monsters under the water, okay? But yes, I, there is just way too much going on down there. And then I was explaining to my mom the other day, because, you know, (laughs) two years ago, I used to tell my parents, like, all the interesting things I would find about aliens. And my family, and they would just laugh or go, oh, like roll their eyes like, oh, Lorena. (laughs) Well, guess what? Now they're not laughing because all this stuff is coming out and it's making sense. And so I told my mom, I think aliens live in the ocean. What do you think? And then she was like, "Uh, I don't know. Why do you say that? And I'm like, because, well, one, a lot of people see UFOs flying over like water, oceans, I was like, and it would make sense. Like all those men, sailors, that used to be on the ocean all those hours. And then they would start seeing things come out of the water or strange lights. Like, come on, that was all UFOs. And then I said, and then if you think about it, it, depending on how far down they go. I mean, think how fast those UFOs fly. I have seen some. If you've seen one, they go the speed of light, dude, like super fast. So if they can travel that far down into the ocean the pressure down there is so strong we already know that which would explain why their heads are so big and then my mom was like hmm that makes sense and i'm like and it would also explain why their skin is so white because they get no sunlight you see what i'm saying (laughs) but i don't think that's the only type of alien in the world I think there's many, many more, and you are selfish to think that we are the only human race, or the only species, because have you seen the universe? We haven't even seen a tiny percentage of it. But yeah, these documents came out and didn't really tell us anything, but the second thing I was excited to hear about was, do you remember, in the mid 90s and i remember because i was a kid and this was around the time of x files they released um actually it's from the 80s they released a video of a man doing an autopsy on what looks like a costume alien right because it's exactly the way you would think an alien would look and people have studied the hell out of this video man and it was concluded that it was a female alien, and I'm not even sure how they knew that. And then, yeah, so a lot of people were like, oh, that's so fake. And it does. It looks very fake. It looks fake because it's something we've never seen before, right? But these documents came out, and this a retired government agent came out and said, it's real, everybody. It's real. It's a real video that they that they lost. Okay, I hate... Even in true crime, how do you lose things that important? How do you lose important evidence? I don't get it. I don't get it. I, (laughs) if anybody knows how to get me a job in one of them evidence rooms, I will keep that shit organized on lock. Okay. I just, I don't get it. (laughs) But yeah, he says it's a real video. So I shared that with my family and friends and they were all like, what? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. All right, enough about aliens. <laughs> I just had to get that out. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but they, a lot of people are still seeing UFOs everywhere. A lot of people are still reporting strange occurrences in the water, including the military, who claim they see it all the time, all the time, especially off the coast of California. And if you're really into aliens, then you know there is a very large space that shows heat in the ocean. And I think they said it's the size of like seven football fields. And they constantly see UFOs fly into the ocean in this specific area. Somebody else created this theory. That that UFO that went into the water that was filmed, you can actually look up the video online, it's pretty cool, said that there is a portal in the ocean and that's why UFOs go into it because it takes them back to wherever they go from. Now, when we get into portals and we get into time travel and all that stuff, like it, it, it ugh, it's too much for my brain to handle. You know, kind of like one time my dad, he was like, he doesn't understand the universe and how big it is. And I try to explain it to him. Now you have to remember, my dad is a hard working man, okay? He worked his whole life since he was 12. But because he grew up in Mexico, he stopped going to school in second grade, which sucks because my dad is very smart. Very smart. And um, he said, like, he just cannot comprehend how huge the universe is. And that's kind of how I am when we talk about time travel and portals and dimensions. Like, the reason I haven't dived into one of those topics is because I really have to sit and research and understand it. Because I don't understand it. Um, and when, you start ta- when I start talking about it, I'm just like, oh, this sounds so crazy. <laughs> but yeah, somebody said that uh, they think there's a portal in the ocean where UFOs fly into and... And the military came out and said it could be a possibility because these always go to the same area. These uh, UAPs or whatever the hell they call them. It's UFO, y'all. It's UFO. It will always be UFO. All right. But how disappointing, though. Somebody said, like, how disappointing if it is Russia or China. (laughs) Like, just come out and say it, y'all. But to be honest, if you research, those countries have also been seeing things for many, many years. I love aliens, sorry. I can't wait. There was a rumor going around on TikTok that aliens were gonna land on July 18th. It never happened. At least that we know of, right? That's not something I think they would put all over the internet and stuff. Let's get into this story. So yes, this is a, oh, is it a murder case? I don't know, you decide at the end. <laughs> but we have a case of death, I guess I should say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you be the judge, okay? So, this story, I... Mm, okay, let me say something. So, in the world of true crime, and I follow many true crime podcasts, if you want to listen to some, if you go to my Instagram, creepy me, and look in my following section, you can see... I think I follow most all the ones, but there is... Crime Junkie, of course. Love them. Morbid Podcast. There is My Favorite Murder. I am a big fan of My Favorite Murder, but let me be honest with you. (laughs) Because I think they're Valley Girls from California. I can only take so much. And there's also Dateline Podcast, which tells you all kinds of murder stories. I love it. And then there's one called... The Minds of Madness. I really like that one. The Minds of Madness tells you some really good stories too. Stories that you don't hear that are not like popular. They're just regular like murder mysteries or murder cases. In the world of true crime, if you, okay, like, so if you search true crime on YouTube, Google, all you see No offense here, guys, but all you see is white woman, white woman, white child, white woman, white woman, white child, white woman, Asian woman, white child. Like, that's it. That's all we talk about. Um, When you want to look into, especially around me in this area, there are a lot of cases that have been on the news and, you know, but other than knowing those cases and I look into them, you don't really see cases on... Black men and women, Um, even Latino men and women. Um, You really have to search into them. So in researching for this story, there's little articles and there's little videos to watch, but that's it. Like there's no, nobody did like a full on documentary or anything. And if there is, let me know because maybe they have more information. Because I feel like there was more information back when I heard this story, like in, I think it was like in 2015. And now that I wanted to share this story because it still remains at a standstill, I couldn't find anything. So I ended up having to go through like different podcasts about it and different articles and short little snippets of YouTube, not even videos like YouTube uh, news, newscasting that people recorded. But um, I think I got the most important parts. I hope I did. Let's get right into it. (laughs) So, this is actually the story of Kendrick Johnson. And, like I said, if you are a true crime fanatic, then you most likely know this case. And at the end of this, I'm going to ask you how angry you are. I'm already angry before we get into this. (laughs) All right, but Kendrick Johnson. What happened to Kendrick Johnson? Let's find out. So, in 2013, Kendrick Johnson was 17 years old. He was a sophomore in high school at Lowndes High School. Lowndes? Lowndes. Whatever. It's in Valdosta, Georgia. I love the Georgia accent. Oh, I do declare, darling. (laughs) Love it. All right, so he was... He was very interested in sports, but he was also good at them, right? Um, Very liked and friendly by other students. But he also was intelligent, very intelligent, but also very quiet. So on January 10th, 2013, he told his mother that he was going to attend a a basketball game after school. So he was at school, but he was going to go to the game. So on the evening of the 10th, his mom said it was getting later and later, and she was wondering where he was because he never gets home that late, so it, it was pretty late. Uh, his mom texted him a few times, and then she, when she noticed that he wasn't responding, which, <clears throat> if you don't respond to your mother, oh boy. <laughs> so she knew right away that this was out of character for her son, so by midnight, on a school night, this was a school night. So on, by midnight, she still hadn't heard anything. So she finally calls the police to report that Kendrick is missing. Now, I'm sure police got off their asses and were like, let's find him, right? Yeah, right. They just probably assumed that he'll show up in the morning or he'll be back. They didn't care. Now, school activities, we know, well, I know from experience, they can run pretty late, right? Sometimes even like 10 o'clock, but it's midnight and her high school son has not come home yet. So I kind of get why she did call the police. So mom's getting worried, right? But at the same time, she's thinking that maybe he is acting out. Or she started to think, like, was there something that happened that I upset him? Or maybe he's into something he shouldn't be. She's pretty much thinking anything but the worst. Which, she's his mother, of course, right? You don't want to think the worst. But at the same time, it's in the back of her head and her mind is racing. And her and her worry is growing. So the mom goes up to the school the next morning. Because she thinks that maybe he fell asleep somewhere and would show up. But, by fourth period, Kendrick still had not shown up. I can't imagine what his mother is feeling at this point, but it's probably between angry thinking that he's gonna show up at any minute. she's gonna probably kick the shit out of him and worry that something really bad has happened. So Kendrick's mom goes to the school guidance office, and she's worried because fourth it's fourth period, so. She's like, I want to start putting out the word to fellow students and staff. So they actually make little posters and flyers. But then the office gets a call that a body was found on school property. So the body was actually found by some students that went into the school gym. So it stated that the school had an old gym and a new gym. In my high school, we also had an old gym and a, a new gym. And the smaller gym was for like practices, warm-ups, stuff like that. So the body was found in the old gym where they kept most of their athletic mats. You know, like the wrestling mats and mats used for cheerleading practice. Well, one of the many odd things in this case, as you'll hear, is that instead of the mats lying horizontally after being rolled up, because these are some heavy mats, y'all. They were in the corner of the gym standing vertically. So a student noticed that some socks were sticking out from one of the mats, and they quickly identified that it was Kendrick Johnson. He was rolled up in one of the mats. Another odd thing in this case is almost immediately the death is ruled as an accident by the sheriff, and here's why. So at the school for gym class, you have to rent a locker. And so to avoid paying for them, some students would actually share lockers or students would hide their sneakers and gym clothes in the mats. And in Kendrick's case, he and his friend would hide their sneakers in the rolled up gym mats like some other kids. But these mats were usually laying horizontally. So the sheriff claims that due to construction in the building over the holiday break, The mats were then placed vertically. So Kendrick's gym shoes had fallen to the bottom of the vertical standing mat. And Kendrick must have tried to reach them, but got stuck in the mat. It is not known how long he was stuck in the mat. That was it. They ruled it a horrible tragedy and a tragic accident. And that was it. That's all the sheriff said. But here's my problem with that. (laughs) You ready? You ready? You ready? (laughs) First of all, if you're so stuck that you die in a mat, would you not scream? And would no one hear you? The gym was not empty. And I'll get into that later. So Kendrick's mom and family from the very start, as well as me and some of you are thinking, were like, this wasn't an accident. And why aren't you investigating this? So what they do is they get angry because the police aren't listening. The police are, remember, from day one, police are like, this was a horrible accident. So his family creates a social media page, I believe on Facebook, and I think the page is still available. And people go crazy. The internet goes crazy. Everyone is like, oh, hell no, this was not an accident. Look at the facts, y'all, which I'll get into. So after hearing this case, I and many others can, you just, it's, When you hear what I'm going to tell you, you're just like, wait a second, what? (laughs) Let me tell you, okay? Let me tell you. Here we go. For starters, Kendrick Johnson is a black male living in southern Georgia. So when police rule his death an accident immediately without investigating, doesn't surprise me, which is pretty awful. But we all know that in our country... This is still an issue, a huge issue. But let's get to some evidence that's gonna leave you scratching your head wondering what the hell's happening. My sister and I actually, we talk about this sometimes because it just blows our mind. So the diameter of the hole in the mat is 14 inches wide. Okay, Kendrick's shoulders, his shoulder width, ready? Is 19 inches wide, yeah. So if he fell into the mat, How is that even possible? So Kendrick's father, he actually demonstrated this, that it was impossible. You can maybe get your head in and one shoulder, but you cannot get both in your whole freaking body. And they have a picture online. You need to look it up. I'm not going to post any pictures of him in the mat because I feel like it's disrespectful. But just so you know, they are out there. His family released these photos because it's so insane. It's so insane. Okay. But I want you to understand that Kendrick is completely crunched into this mat, okay? It's not just him sliding through. Now remember, just his feet were hanging out at the end of the mat. So other than him either being rolled into it, like I do not see how he could have slid down through the hole. I really don't. And it's just not an accident if you look at these pictures. Now also, the placement of his sneakers were found behind his feet. So like behind his knees, like his legs. So he's headed down in this vertical mat. His feet are sticking out the top. And it looks like his sneakers were sort of just thrown into the mat, and they landed behind his legs. Now, I want to explain something here. The shoes that were found behind his legs, though, the sneakers, those were the shoes he was wearing that day. Now, police said that the sneakers he was reaching for at the bottom of the mat, well, (laughs) let me explain this, too. They ruled his death, death by positional asphyxiation. So he pretty much was squeezed to death. So because he was head first in the mat, all of his blood was flowing down and eventually out of any hole possible on his head. So mouth, eyes, nose, ears, anywhere it could come out. So at the bottom of the mat, they did find a pool of blood that had gathered, but here's the crazy part. You ready? You ready to be as angry as I am? The sneakers he was reaching for, the ones he had hidden in the mat the ones he was supposedly reaching for, they were found right on top of the puddle of blood with not a single drop on top of them. What, are you kidding me? I'm not a detective, but come on, red flag. How in the, (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. If he is bleeding from every hole on his head, enough to make a pool of blood under his head, you're gonna tell me not a drop of it fell on top of his sneakers that he was trying to reach? Okay, (laughs) sorry, sorry. I told you you're gonna get angry like me. The next thing is that something huge was not taken into account and you're about to get really pissed, y'all. Now this, I only found on one video. I could not find this in any other article because it was never taken into evidence because I have yet to find proof of this, but I feel like it's worth mentioning because I would not put it past these police officers and I want you to understand how they treated this case. There was actually blood found in the gym on the walls coming out of the woman's bathroom. There were some streaks found on the wall. Also in the woman's bathroom, they found someone's shoes and sweater along with bloody paper towels in the trash. Now they did do a test on the blood found on the clothing left in the bathroom and found that it did not belong to Kendrick. Because the blood didn't belong to Kendrick, that was it. They never tested the blood for anyone else's DNA and they just threw it out. They gave up on that evidence. Now, if he was murdered, I don't think that person would have left evidence like that. But something could have happened in that bathroom. It it should have been looked more into. But because police ruled this an accident, they didn't think they needed to really dive into any evidence they found, including bloody napkins in a trash can. Again, it's almost like the police just don't really care. I just... How do you keep that from evidence? What you'll continue to see throughout this case is that police are very adamant on saying it was an accident. Not just in the bathroom, but in the entire gym, in the school. They did not collect any evidence or search the scene. Because why would you, right? It's an accident. Including the sneakers they gave them to the family. Just like, they didn't keep anything because they were just like, accident, over, closed, case closed. So the family now is like, well, if they're not going to do it, we're going to do it, which is really sad that in most of these cases where black men and women are murdered or hurt or found dead, that the families are the ones that have to dive in and, and investigate sometimes. That's so awful. So the family is at the point where they're just like, let's start investigating ourselves. So they asked the school if they can see camera footage from the school cameras that day. We all know how I feel about surveillance footage. (laughs) But they do. They do have some footage. But guess what? The cameras in the gym weren't working that day. Interesting. Remember that fact. But the cameras from the rest of the building did work. However, when the family asked for these cameras, it took a while to receive them. Now, I understand that because there are minors on those cameras, so they can't just release them to the family. But why couldn't they just let the family watch the footage with, like, an officer? Sit in the school and watch the footage together, not necessarily take the footage, do you know what I mean? But it gets weirder. The school never releases the footage to the family, but you know who they do release it to? the media. Now remember I told you the Johnson family has created a Facebook page. I think at first it started as like a memorial and then what happened to our son and then it became a full-on when people grabbed hold of it. They were just like, oh no, let's solve this because this is not an accident. So the media dive in and they're like, whoa, what's happening? But the school gives surveillance video from the high school to CNN. So CNN was the first to snag this footage. And something weird that CNN noticed and everyone else noticed is on the footage, the timestamps were off as well as a, a full hour of surveillance was just missing. And guess what? It happened to be the full hour of when Kendrick walks into the old gym. And that's pretty much it. The surveillance is pretty much him just walking from class to class. um, Doesn't look stressed or out of the ordinary. And one of the last scenes of footage that were released, actually even after they gave out that footage, was there was a footage of him walking into the gym. There's some kids playing basketball. And then he runs off to the top corner of the screen where the mass would have been so they're assuming that that was the time that he went to grab his stuff or his his sneakers but even after all of it the death is still ruled an accident at this time and even though the family was still spreading the word nothing really came of it it kind of went silent so time goes on and the case is well it's not even a case really right it's nothing according to police it was an accident so because so many people were uh, speaking up, the Attorney General of Georgia reopens the case and calls for a second autopsy. So the family's given permission to exhume the body, and they're hoping that this will bring more answers of how their son died. But when Kendrick's body was cut open for the second autopsy, guess what? All of his inner organs were cut gone. And they had filled his body with newspaper. What? What? (laughs) What the hell? Okay, wait, let me collect myself. I'm getting flustered here. All right, so of course, they turn their attention to the funeral home, and they're like, where the hell are my kids' organs? So the funeral homes claim, they claim that this is not uncommon, okay? Okay. This this happens pretty, mo- okay, let me explain it this way. So because he was squished in the mat, right? Completely compressed, all of his organs were damaged. And to have a funeral for him, if your organs are damaged and you were squished as badly as he was, then they've got to figure out a way to fluff you up, sort of, right? So the funeral home said it wasn't uncommon to stuff, bodies with like sawdust, um, they said something, cotton, sawdust, and in most cases for families of low income, they do it with newspaper, and that's what they found in his body was just tons of newspaper. Now, because it was an accident on a public school property, the funeral home did say that the family didn't have to pay for the ceremony and all pretty much anything. So they think that because the family didn't pay for anything, that's why they used the newspaper to stuff his body because it was a free ceremony. But they never told the family. Like they never told them that they were taking his organs out. I think I would want to know if you're taking my family member's heart out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay so they go to the hospital and they're like well the well wait let me backtrack i'm getting excited here because i'm getting angry (laughs) the funeral home pretty much blames the hospital and they're like this is how he came to us so the hospital is like oh um we don't know what happened to his organs crickets crickets nobody happens to know right they've misplaced the organs okay so they're gone they're just completely gone and nobody knows where they're at do you hear what i'm saying his organs are gone and they didn't tell his family and nobody knows where they're at are you angry yet (laughs) because you should be at this point all right but even worse no one knew where they were. Like, come on, people, He had one job. But because they had to continue with the second autopsy, they had no organs to study, but they still had a body. And as you remember for the first autopsy, they said he died of asphyxiation. But this time, the man doing the autopsy was like, oh, hell no, he did not die of just asphyxiation. Because he found some bruising on Kendrick that was a little suspicious. Now, originally, it came out and said they came out and said that he had died by blunt force trauma to the head. Let me say that a little bit louder for y'all in the back sleeping. Blunt force trauma to the head. How do you get that wrong? Like, how do you miss that on the first autopsy? Ooh, I'm telling you, some of these people should have been fired for this. So the police, the funeral home, the hospital, the school, it's absolutely insane. All of these people can't get their shit together. So of course with this new information, the family's finally like, yes, we knew it. Let's do this. But even with this new evidence, they do not reopen the case. I repeat, they do not reopen the case. And honestly, I think I know why they didn't. So people start talking again. And attention is brought to one particular person. It was a fellow teammate that Kendrick had previously complained about to others, including his mother. So this guy picked on Kendrick and kind of was a bully. They would argue a lot and they even got into a physical altercation on the way home from a game once. So a rumor starts that this guy, his brother and a friend, had something to do with Kendrick's murder allegedly because my ass is not going to jail for saying that it was a rumor okay (laughs) but no one was uh taking the accusation seriously (coughs) the police so people were like here are their names and boom they put out their names they got sick of it they just put out their names. now mind you this is all going on on the facebook page people are having conversations and then one day someone just throws these names out there Now, Kendrick's mother is the one who actually gets pissed and is the one to blurt out the names. And everyone's just like, damn, okay, okay. (laughs) So as if this case isn't shady enough, let me tell you why people are pointing the finger at this kid and his brother. So for starters, this kid's dad is an FBI agent. Bet you didn't see that coming. Mm, Or maybe you did because it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense why police are being shady as fuck. Now, this wouldn't be the first time in a case that police have hidden or fabricated shit, right? (coughs) Stephen Avery case. Okay, so the two brothers, because remember the brother and a friend were also brought up, they both gave alibis, which honestly, I don't know, you be the judge. One says he was on the other side of the building. I don't know how large the school was. And the other says he was at a wrestling match. But the bus for the wrestling match didn't leave until four. And there's just too much wrong with the alibis. I don't feel like they're very strong alibis. But, you know, remember, no one actually knows what happened, right? Or what time something happened to Kendrick. And these guys are giving alibis for after school. So in my opinion, not really valid, honestly. So Kendrick's mother is like, these boys did it. She felt it in her heart. She knew it. So remember, the media's all over this story, and this magazine company gets a hold of the story and prints an article with the two boys' names in it. Uh-oh, FBI agent Daddy did not like this. Oh, no, no, no. So what did they do? They sue the magazine and walk away with a $5 million settlement. Oh, these this family has sued a few, actually. People, news media, oh yeah. But all allegedly, because don't come for me. FBI Daddy, please, I'm just retelling the cheese man, okay? Don't come for me, please. I'm I'm poor. I really am. So if I disappear, y'all know why. So later in 2015, Kendrick's parents filed a huge lawsuit against FBI Daddy, saying that the boys did it for their father, allegedly. But because of no evidence and nothing to go off, it was thrown out. Now, I'm not really sure why they accused the boys of doing this for their dad, honestly, if they did do it. I'm sure it was out of strong dislike or hate. Not, I don't think they would have done it for their dad. I think they would have done it out of like just not liking Kendrick. Makes more sense, right? But I don't know, maybe they knew something that they haven't shared. So that was the first thing the Johnson family did that kind of made me go, hmm. Because I think in their their settlement, they were suing him for like a hundred million. I think it was a hundred million. It was a really insane amount. Here's the second thing. So Kendrick's parents made this poster. And I am not going to post this poster on my Instagram. <laughs> you can look it up, but I highly recommend you don't. It's pretty graphic, even for me. So on this poster, on one side is a photo of Kendrick in his basketball uniform, beautiful photo, and on the other side, they had a picture of him after the crime. This photo looks the worst you can think it can look, okay? But later, people found out that this was not the way his face was found at the scene of the crime. It was actually taken after the autopsy. The second autopsy, I believe. Now, I understand that the family is trying to do everything they can to gain attention to the case. But honestly, after the giant lawsuit and then after this little tiff with the poster, they're not looking too good right now. So yeah, uh, people are kind of like, what is going on? They did lose some support here. After they released that, a girl from the high school on the day they found Kendrick spoke up about a male student. So this male student actually posted something on social media that she thought was a little suspicious. I believe it was on Twitter, and it said quote, "When you start messing with goons, bodies start showing up end quote." That was posted the day that they found Kendrick, but before that day, the male student was also posting weird stuff like quote, Start killing them off one by one end quote. Now, the female student also claimed that Kendrick was part of a group, not necessarily a gang. But that's what it sounds like to me. And this other male student was feuding with the group over girlfriend drama. But again, police did nothing with this information and it was thrown out. And this was also information that started on the Facebook page. Um, People looking into the case found this information. And that's it. Like, that's pretty much the case. It was left at that. It was still ruled an accident. And even though his family still fights to bring justice to their, what they believe was an, not an accident, um, that's where we're at a standstill. However, dun, 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 I have an update. So March 2021, actually, Kendrick's family had obtained a 25 second voice recording of an alleged male saying that he killed Kendrick. They haven't released who the male is. Apparently it's being investigated. And other than that, nothing else has been stated yet. Hmm. But will they even take this seriously? No, they're going to throw it out. And here's why. The audio clipping is not even that long. And it was sold to the family for $1,000. Ugh, okay, here's my issue with that. If I'm having a conversation with a friend who I think had something to do with the murder of Kendrick, and I'm recording them, I'm doing it because I want to help this family, right? How shady would I look if I'm like, Hey, Miss Johnson, I've got a recording of so-and-so saying they murdered Kendrick. I'll give it to you for (laughs) $1,000. Like, What? (laughs) Yeah, that's why I think the judge is going to end up throwing it out because they paid for that clip. Anybody could have made it. Anyone. But on the audio clipping, it is a white male that is speaking and that's all we know about it. Now, of course, you know, I looked up to see if anyone did a spirit box session with Kendrick Johnson and they did. Now, remember, a spirit box is... A technique where people use radio frequencies or something. And then they call on their spirit guides to help them bring this spirit forward. And then that spirit uses the frequencies to say words. And honestly, the one with Kendrick Johnson, his voice, I don't know. Just, if you want to look it up, it's on YouTube. (laughs) But let me just... uh, Okay, not a lot of people believe in spirit boxes. Um, It's sort of like what a medium does, what they do, but they just use this technology to get the spirit to speak out instead of just to them. So during the session, the man asks if there's anything Kendrick would like to say, to which he replies, Mom, it was a homicide. Inside, and I'm barely screaming. He says Mom quite often throughout the spirit box session. He also mentions there is a giant rock. And the rest of the session was pretty amazing. It's hard to believe spirit box sessions, but for me, this one was very clear. If you just search Cody ITC on YouTube and look, just look for Kendrick Johnson's spirit box session, I, it was worth a watch, honestly. It really was. So after diving deep into the internet... I wanna share some things that sort of changed my mind about this case. Now I've always doubted this case and I, along with Kendrick's family, feel that there was just something odd about all of it. They've done a few things that have made some of their supporters think supporters think differently. I mentioned the fabricated poster. It's the wrong kind of attention. It's negative attention. But also originally the family said the school would not give them the surveillance footage but it turns out that I read that they offered to show it to them, but their lawyer at the time, who I believe was like a pastor of their church or a church that wanted to help, he refused. He didn't want them to see their, the footage. Also, one of the first males the family accused, remember FBI daddy's sons, he did have a physical altercation with Kendrick, but they hugged it out and students said they even became really good friends. A man by the name of Ashley Polk, who is a former sheriff of Lowndes County, has come out of retirement very intrigued by this case. He now holds every single file from any past investigation. So he's actually going to go back through everything. He says he needs about six months to go through everything, and this was in March, so we'll see. But also the more I dived in, you just find it harder to believe what you hear or read. So I'm hoping by the end of this year, we can get some answers and find out what really happened to Kendrick Johnson. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I just, you have to look up to understand. I tried to explain the best I could about how he was positioned in the mat and how far he was from the sneakers and the blood pool. Uh, but you have to see it. Like, I'll see if I could find a good photo to explain it. The biggest thing for me is how did he slide into that so easy? You know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I tell, I told you, it's a case that blows my mind, and I just mm, makes me angry. But um, this case actually reminds me of another case that actually happened around my area and it was about a girl. Her name was Kanika Jenkins. Now, Kanika Jenkins was 19 years old. She and some friends actually went to a hotel, the Crown Plaza near O'Hare Airport on September 8th, 2017. It's a case that, along with Kendrick Johnson's, kind of left people scratching their heads and wondering what the heck happened. So, I don't know if this is everywhere but at least around here hotel parties are pretty popular. People, well, someone rents a hotel room and then everybody comes and they party inside of it. So they were actually celebrating a friend of hers birthday and there were lots of social media posts of the the night as it was going on, you know, her friends were drinking, singing, having a good time. You can see Kanika in the back. So what happens is Kanika's friends realize that she's not in the hotel room anymore and they can't find her either. They had no clues to go off of nothing leading them to her. So they end up reaching out to her family and then the family arrives at the hotel about 5 in the morning and everyone's looking for her. It was about 24 hours after Kanika's disappearance that they found her body in the hotel's kitchen walk-in freezer. She was found laying face down on her side with one of her shoes off. She had no trauma to the body except for a small cut on her foot. So how did she end up in the freezer, right? Now, at the restaurant I worked at, I, and I think it's because of this case, honestly. (laughs) I have a phobia. Every time they would send me to the freezer, I would freak out. For, For a long time, I would always keep my foot like right in between the freezer and I which made it difficult when I had to reach in the back for like cookies or something <laughs> but then I realized like our freezer it doesn't even have a latch on the inside you just push it and it opens so if you're in the freezer you just push the door and it opens but apparently in this freezer there was a latch that you needed to move or pull or something for her to open it to get out now You're probably thinking, why didn't she pull the latch? Well, let me explain something. So they actually surveillanced. Yeah, surveillance. (laughs) That's why this case reminds me of the Kendrick case, because there is surveillance of her walking throughout the hotel. And you can clearly tell she is not in a state of mind. She can't even walk right. She's, She's kind of swaying side to side. And honestly, it doesn't look like she's just drunk. And some people say that she may have taken pills at the party. Now the medical examiner reported that it was an accident. She died of hypothermia, so from being in the freezer. So what we do know also from the medical examiner is that at the time of her death, Jenkins had a BAC of 0.112, which is very high. She also had a drug used to treat epilepsy and migraine headaches in her system that was not prescribed to her so she did take pills now it's known that that drug and alcohol can enhance the effects of both when taken together which is pretty much why people do that and that actually could have heightened the onset of hypothermia which is what they said she passed away from now the police did not suspect foul play at all when they found her but they did not close the investigation, further inciting that others would speculate. Shortly after all of this, the hotel did release the surveillance footage, which you can see Jenkins wandering the hallways with her friends before cutting to her stumbling around 3.20 a.m. near the front desk. The hotel also had motion-detecting security cameras in the kitchen, which clicked on when she walked in, and showed her rounding the corner towards the freezer. But the freezer door itself was out of sight, so you can't see her enter the freezer. The odd thing with this case were her friend's stories. Now the friend's stories, none of them were consistent with each other, and they mentioned that she had gone downstairs with some people, but they left her alone to go and get a cell phone from one of the rooms. The family attorney filed a $50 million lawsuit against the hotel and others. The photos that were taken at the crime scene were displayed during this time, and the family released them to the public because they wanted to know what really happened to their daughter. They claim that the photos display that it looks like someone may have locked her in the freezer. Now, those photos are online. I will not be posting those photos because little too graphic, even though there's no blood or anything. But I mean, honestly, from watching her on the surveillance, I don't know how the poor girl even walked. She looked really, really messed up. They claim that the freezer was dark. So if she entered the freezer, now someone thinks that she was trying to go to the bathroom and she assumed that that was the bathroom. And um, because her pants, I believe, were uh, unbuckled. But they were not pulled down and there were no signs of sexual assault. Somebody said, why is her shoe off? Maybe she was panicking and kicking the door. Which you cannot just push open, you had to pull the latch. And if it's dark and you've never been in there before, then you're not going to know where the latch is. And let me explain something. So those freezers are so cold. The longest I've been in one was like two minutes and my, my brain hurt. So she was in there a very long time. But yeah, that's another case that kind of blows my mind. Not for the sense that I don't know what happened. We know she died of hypothermia in the freezer. Do I think someone locked her in there? Do I think there was foul play? Not at all. I think it was this for sure I think was a tragic accident. But what I do have a problem with is at 3.30 in the morning, This girl who cannot even walk is wandering the hotel right by the front desk and nobody saw her. And not just that, like I don't mean to point the finger, but her friends, and maybe it's just me, but if I go to a party with my friends, I make sure I know where each and every one of them is. Especially if I know that they're completely gone, like if they are messed up, I will not. But that's just me. Some people are not like that, I get it. And yeah, she was a grown ass woman. Her friends didn't need to babysit her, but you can see her walk out of that room by herself. And I just, (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, definitely, I do agree with the lawsuit. 50 million, that's kind of a lot, but it is the hotel's fault. Why wasn't that freezer locked on the outside? Why, you know, I don't know. Why wasn't that, why wasn't the kitchen locked? Well, like, you're telling me guests could just go down to that kitchen I mean, that's weird, right? It is weird. But yes, that case made me think of the Kendrick Johnson case. They have a few similarities, especially with police. Again, I feel like police just automatically see a person of color and they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, let's do the bare minimum. And yeah, it's pretty sad. Really sad. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed those cases. They're two cases that definitely leave a print on me. A print? Does that make sense? (laughs) They definitely leave a mark on me and you just never forget them. Make sure you tune in for my Freaky Friday mini episode. Don't forget to follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Your girl's moving up. (laughs) Remember, just search Creepy Cheeseman, but make sure you put a space because it won't come up otherwise. And I'm still waiting for them stories, y'all. I want to hear your ghost stories, maybe your favorite murder story that I haven't talked about. Anything you want to send me. Even if you want to just send me a hi. Love your show. I would love it. (laughs) Remember, my email address is... Creepy Chisme for you. That's the number 4YOU at gmail.com. Let me know if you've heard any crazy alien stories. And tune in next week. Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening and don't forget, stay creepy.